Hello, and welcome to Grow With Soul. I'm Kate Ferris, a coach, writer, hiker, and recovering high achiever, and this is a work in life podcast. Join me for discussions and musings about how our work can be a small and magical part of a bigger, more meaningful life. So come on in, get comfy, and let's begin. Hello, and welcome back to Grow With Soul. Today's episode is all about having ideas. I think we really worry about having ideas. We worry when we're not having them and we worry whether they're right when we do get them. Being blocked and in an idea rut is a lonely, scary and frustrating place to be. So today I thought I'd talk to you about how I get ideas about the kind of mindset I've cultivated and the kind of activities and questions that always help me spark something. Let's start with a story. At the start of July, I was on a group coaching call, the last one of a six-month program with Madison Morrigan. It was a small group, only the four of us on the call, and we'd gotten to know each other, our foibles and our strengths quite well over the winter, spring and summer. As it was our last call, it was a kind of celebration, and we were talking about what we admired in each other, and sharing words to buoy up and send off the others in the group. What was said about me that had the others nodding was how easily I get ideas, how creative my brain is, how I seem to generate deep and focused ideas with ease, how beautiful my process is for doing so. My first thought was thinking how, like, that hadn't occurred to me as a thing (laughs) that I did, and my second thought proved them all right because it was oh, I could make an offering about having ideas and a beautiful process. (laughs) And that was the spark that your beautiful creative process came from. It became one of those brain biases. Now that there was a spark, everything seemed to be another idea to add on to it and build it out. It helps that this is a practical course about how we work and what we believe about work. So, you know, it's quite meta as I am working, I am also developing ideas for it at the same time. But the idea for that course, the very spark that I wouldn't have had otherwise came from one comment on a Zoom call. And you know what, just before I get on to the rest of the episode, now seems like a good time while we're on the subject to just quickly let you know that your beautiful creative process is currently open for enrolment. The early bird pricing ends tomorrow as this goes out and the overall enrolment closes on the 14th of October. So just a minute to think about as we go through this episode. But this is just one example of how I got an idea. This is not the way I always get ideas. In fact, I can't think of another instance in which I got an idea from something so explicit or at least something so immediately between the source and the idea. I think it's important to remember that 
while there are certain ways of getting ideas over and over again, which I'll come on to, what this is really about is remaining open, being receptive, looking out of your eyes with possibility. It's easy to say and very hard to do because it's not the same as looking for ideas. I remember when I was in my particularly lost and blocked period in the middle of 2021, when I wasn't blogging, I wasn't posting on Instagram, I hadn't created any new offerings in over a year, and I looked so hard for ideas. I wanted to go out and catch an idea in a net. I went for walks in order to generate ideas. And I scoured the Instagram accounts and websites of people doing similar work to me to try and just spark something. But this wasn't openness and possibility, but tunnel visioned desperation. I wanted a certain kind of idea in a certain kind of way. Whereas it hadn't been on my radar to create a course about process at all until a comment on a Zoom call made me think, hmm, I wonder. And it was a mindset of possibility that made me think like that. This feels like a high-risk strategy. Just wait around in your life, remaining open, whatever the hell that means, until an idea just like bumps into you. It's a hard thing to describe because as annoying as the advice be open to possibility is, it's also the truth. But our best route into possibility is curiosity. Play with the what ifs, wonder about things, try things on. There are also ways you may find you can reliably get ideas. The specifics may differ from person to person, but we all have channels that are particularly fertile for us and that will be because they stimulate us in a certain way. Now here I'm going to talk about the things that work for me, not to say that they will definitely work for you too, but that they might or they might spark something or you might try them and that will show you something similar but different that does do it for you. There's no right answers, just experimentation and curiosity. So the first thing is metaphors, a phrase or a name. I do like a metaphor. <laughs> I like to use them to explain things that I can't really explain. And this means they are often a great way into ideas for me. This comes about as a phrase or a name for something that I then pull a metaphor and then a whole offering out of like a string of magician's handkerchiefs. The cabin started as a name and expanded into a thematic retreat web space. Mapping started as a kind of blur of a thing I wanted to do that when I decided it was going to be called mapping, sprung into Technicolor as a metaphor-led course. Sometimes a phrase will pop into my mind, an errant thought disconnected from anything else and I will just become enamored with it. I will turn over the things it could possibly mean, things it could be worked into. A lot of the time this doesn't go anywhere. A lot of the time it sits in a pending tray, waiting for other puzzle pieces to pop up and to join onto. Sometimes it will be enough for a whole blog post. Sometimes it will be a clear Instagram post. 
but always it is the practice of idea having. The second thing is stimulus, or stimuli, I should say. This is the most obvious one. This is the one that everybody says to do. So whether it's all those countless authors saying the key to being a writer is to read more, or whether it's Julia Cameron with her artist dates, it is accepted that a stimulus begets inspiration, begets ideas. The trouble with this classic and cliched advice is that it works. It just perhaps doesn't work in exactly the way we would like. It's often not a direct bish bash bosh discernible link from visiting a gallery to having the world's best idea on the train home. But here's what I will say. From January to July this year, I read 28 books. And in August and September this year, I read zero books. And I feel the difference. It's the difference between going for a big walk after a balanced breakfast and going for one with half a cereal bar in your belly. You can still do it, but it's harder work, it's not as fun, and you get a headache. When I was regularly reading, I just felt topped up. I was exposed to more of those metaphors and phrases that spark things. I was wrapped in creativity, which begot more creativity from me. A full tank rather than fumes. So this is less about going on your artist date or plucking a book off the shelf in order to get an idea, and more about exposing yourself to feelings and thoughts which might trigger another feeling or thought that in six weeks time might trigger an idea. It's about having an emotional and intellectual richness in your life so that the creative soil is fertile. Third thing is what's the story? This is my question to get into an idea or creative problem. When I am planning a launch, the question is, what's the story of this launch? When I am thinking of a blog post, perhaps based on a metaphor, I ask, what's the story here? I find this helps because the question poses a sideways entry to a problem. Because what I'm really asking is, what should I do? What should I do to launch this offering? What should I write about? But that is a kind of dead question. It's not generative, it's not enticing. But what's the story here? That sparks something in me. And it sparks something because it's something that I endeavor towards or want to endeavor towards. I am a writer, I am always searching for stories because stories are just big metaphors. It is a question that makes me elevate my mind and my creativity above the humdrum day-to-day, what do I create today, and into the place where my truest self wants to be operating. So think about who you really want to be, who your truest, highest self is, and what is going to entice and spark them. What question do they need to be asked? And fourthly, we have body movement. So for me, as an able-bodied person, movement is a great unclogger. It's sometimes laughable. (laughs) There have been times where I just couldn't find my way into a blog post idea and, you know, I've spent probably hours on it 
and I'd go out for a walk feeling a bit defeated only to just completely crack it less than 10 minutes down the road. I have been for a swim and figured out the whole structure of your beautiful creative process. It's as if the movement of muscle and blood flosses out the creativity, moving the blockages to reveal what was already there, just out of you. And of course, there's also the distraction element. The moving from one environment to another, one activity to another. Moving the conscious brain from the problem, allowing the rest of it to work away on it. Shutting the mental and physical door on the room where the ideas weren't coming and moving into the unsealed outdoors. When you are bogged down in a problem or lack of ideas, the most counterintuitive thing to do is go outside or do something else. But often, it's what works. So that's my list. Like I said, it is not the list, but a list that can spark something, if you consider the possibility. Remember that if you are lost and blocked, stuck for ideas, but desperate to fall back in love with work again, or if you just want to elevate the way you work, your beautiful creative process, my new course, can help you do exactly that. So the link for that and the rest of the show notes are at simpleandseason.com forward slash podcast, and you can find me on Instagram at simpleandseason. If you have a friend who you think would really love this episode, then please do send them the link and share where you're listening online too. And until next time, I hope you grow a song.